How, how many uh, takes would it take to get like that opening to a real mother for you? Was that something that just kind of happened or did it take a lot of? No, that's what I was. Da, da. That's part of his trademark. Listen to all of it. Listen to all of it. Ain't that a bitch real mother for you? It's like that's a part of that's a part of the trademark. That sound. I think it's I think it's a a flat or some shit. But I can say that's a part of it. That that sound. That Watson sound of that period. You know that's what I'm saying. Did nobody sound like us? No, but did it take a lot of takes or just? No. As I, no. Said, as I said, it was me and Johnny Guitar. We were laser sharp. There wasn't. That's why it was so ironic. There wasn't nothing that we couldn't do. Between the two of us, man, we were doing all kinds of shit. And as I said, man, had that asshole not went crazy and had the two of us could have gotten to A&M with the resources of A&M, boy, we would have, boy, boy, boy. I think about it, it's sometimes I'm almost in tears sometimes. I think I said, man, what we could have done with the resources of an A&M record. Me and Johnny was. Look what the Brothers Johnson did on A&M around that time. With, with the help of Quincy Jones. That's cute. That wasn't them. That was Quincy. You know, that's why they didn't do nothing else because they thought it was them and they left Quincy. That's why they failed. Yeah. They wasn't Quincy. They had the success that they had because of Quincy Jones and M Records. Great artists, but they had a super producer, Quincy Jones. And they thought, oh, yeah, it's just us, bullshit. That's why they has disappeared. Yeah. You know, Should have stayed with Q. Let me move it up uh, those 20 years. Uh, Johnny uh, passed away in, I think, 96. He was on stage, right, in Japan? Yokohama, Japan. Yeah, so you had, it sounds like you had made peace by we then. We, I, we this, this is what I believe spiritually. As I said, between myself and Johnny Watson, we were self-contained. And I think that spiritually... The Lord God let Johnny Watson see it in the end. What it was that hey, all the time guitar it was you and Emory Thomas, all right. And as I said in this last meeting, proud of him going to 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 Yoka, to Japan. As I said, we were together, talked to him right before he left because he called me. But the deal was proud of that we had been hanging because he was listening to some of the stuff that I had done and other stuff. Had he not died, the projects that I had done would have been on Mother Records, his new label. But as I said, he was totally aware of what he had done, all right? And uh, as I said, I believe that the Lord let him see that guitar, it was here, you and Emory all the time. And because he saw what it was, and we will say, shall we say, back on the one. And the deal was, we looking forward to him coming back from tour, and me and him was going to be tracking again, all right? Unfortunately, he did not get back. But as I said, I thank God let him see that you had it all the time, guitar. You know, because, see, the Lord allowed him to return on numerous occasions. Like I said, he reinvented himself on more than one occasion, coming back as an artist, you did, and was successful. And this was the next time, This was, the, but this last time around, because, see, Watson had done what we wanted him to do in 1978. He did it, Scott, out of necessity, he was being interviewed in Holland. And the deal was, he was so proud of what he had done, which was he had established Mother Records, his own label. And the reason that he had done that, Scott, is because Johnny Watson, who had been blackballed out of the business by AM for fucking up, couldn't get no deal. Wasn't nobody signing him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what did he have to do? I had, to, I had to start my own damn label. That's how and why he, had, he did it, because nobody would give him a deal. But then in doing so, he realized, like, damn, because like I said, he was really proud. I finally controlled all of my catalog, and all revenues, all monies is coming back to me. Wow. It is so cool. That's what I was in his mindset. He was so, wow. It's like he had the light that came on, he figured it the fuck out. I own all of my shit now. I got I got my own label now. And any money that's coming from any Johnny Guitar, what's it, whatever, it's coming directly to me. He could have done that in 1978. Had, 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 had he cleaned himself up, though, by then? Yes. 
Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. He was clean and he was really proud of what he had done. As I'm saying, the Lord let him see. You, you had it all the damn time, guitar. And as I said, this is what Watson used to tell me, E.T., his last words on the phone, E.T., I'm going to prepare a better place for us. That's what he used to always say. He would go ahead of us, make the connections with management, whatever, and set up the gigs. Then he'd come back, then we would all go. That's how he used to always tell me, I'm going to prepare a better place for us. He did that for me this last time. Again, I'm going to prepare a better place. Guess that? The Lord didn't let him come back this time. Were you were you just shocked uh, when you? I was, I was blown. I was blown away. I couldn't. I was. I was. Like I say, because we after all of those years, we were finally back. And I and and and, and, and certain things that I had done that he had heard that he that he was really knocked out about. And to the extent, like I said, for sure would have been on his label. He was pleased about that. You know, come on, who wrote that? Him? I said, who the fuck you think wrote? It? I wrote it. You know. But the point was, he saw. Now, wow, we're back. All we got to do is get back in the studio. And I saw that too. All we got to do is get back into the studio. And as I said, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. What? But I thank God, as I say, I thank God, Scott, that we were back on the one as, as men and as friends. You know, that well, was it's great. It's great that you had that closure. I mean, that is something. Oh, listen, I can say, I thank God for that. You know, like, listen, as I told you, man, listen, uh, I will be forever grateful of being able to work with Johnny Watson. And as you say, yeah, we left we left some enduring shit. We left some funk that'll be here long after we're gone, buddy, that people will have to contend with. We made some super shit, as a matter of fact, you know? And that's why it's so disappointing, because like I said, we, that was just the tip of the iceberg of what we could have possibly done had he not went crazy on me. You know, mm. had he not allowed himself to be distorted by that by that drug, you know, <laughs> yeah. What What did you do, Et, um, in that uh, during that time? Did you do anything else musically, or you got into some other stuff, or what? I uh, I, I worked as an independent producer and a, an independent artist. If you go on, online and check out Master Funk on my website, you'll see. Check out the history. You'll see the other groups that I was involved with. I was involved with a group called Extreme, which was a funk, another funk group. And that group would have been on Watson's label also. That group would have been on that. Because like I say, those were the things that I had been doing in his absence, working myself and that group, uh, uh, Extreme. As I said, that group was a super funk group. That group would have been on his label also. Randy Rettman, the female singer. Randy Rettman had a voice like the lead singer of The Emotions, you know. Mm. identical. She was one of those kind of girls, had that kind of a voice, you know. Well, I would have had her. And then we had a guy named Jonathan Wilson calling Flash, and he was super. He was super, and he was a Johnny Guitar Watson fine, all right? And he was, but see, he was one of Johnny Watson's, one of Johnny Watson's, say, disciples, and because he was close to Guitar, he used to heckle him. I'm going to kick your ass. He used to call him God Daddy. I'm going to kick you. I'm kicking your ass, God Daddy. You know, and he was talking about singing. And guess what? He was that kind of a singer. Johnny Watson was not this kind of a singer, all right? Johnny Watson was a singer to me just like James Brown was. He was a character. But like I said, Johnny Watson wasn't Marvin Gaye. You know, yeah, all right? He wasn't Smokey Robinson. He wasn't David Ruffin. He was Johnny Guitar, just like James Brown was James Brown. But like I say, Flash was one of those guys like a David Ruffin, like, you know, one of those, those Motown guys. He's really one of those. He's one of them guys. All right. Beautiful voice. And as I said, he was heckling. I'm, I'm kicking your ass, God daddy. I'm kicking your ass. And I'm thinking, man, that's the last thing you should be telling him. You know, and as I said, and, and now I know for a fact, none of us should have been saying, I figured that Johnny Watson was prepared to be the CEO of Virgin, his company. And my vehicle, the Watson Institute, would have been the vehicle to say, do whatever he needed. He would we would have taken care of Mike, would have taken care of Redman, would have taken say Flash. And whenever my boss, Mr. Watson, chose to work, we would have been the vehicle for him to work also. But ego-wise, John Watson was not gonna do anything that would put someone ahead of him. And that's and that's that's what it ended up being. That's how he went to AM and fucked it up by himself, because he would not put nobody else before him. Like I can say he could have been Johnny Watson was supposed to just like Herb Alpert. That A and A and M, that's what that was. Johnny Watson was supposed to be in the bit of J and Virgin. 
but he missed that. He was too busy. Um, you know, he, he, that was that eat. Listen, he wanted to be out there chasing them girls like us. You dig it? Uh, and I, like I say, uh, I'm sure ego wise, Watson never became the big star that he wanted to be. In other words, he wanted to be Marvin Gaye. He wanted to be Bobby Womack. He did. He wanted to be Ike Turner. All right. I mean, he wanted to have that kind of name recognition as a star. He never got that. You know. And as I said, and consequently, I believe because of that, he wasn't going to put me in front of him. He wasn't going to put Flash in front of him. He wasn't going to put Redman in front of him. You dig it? He put all our shit in the can. Yeah. He sabotaged my shit, as a matter of fact. You know? And uh, and as I said, went to AM Records on his own and fucked it up. Supposedly, Johnny Watson walked on the death of Herb Albert. He was so mad. <laughs> Imagine that. And then lady went and told his woman, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I'm thinking to myself, now, if I'd have been with you, damn fool, I would have talked you out of that. You know, don't walk on his desk. Are you crazy? But that's how intense and crazy he could be. And not to mention, I said that cocaine had his ass drunk, man. He was, you know, like I say, he, he was losing it right before my eyes. I, I saw things, but I couldn't, I couldn't check it. I couldn't say, man, you need to chill, motherfucker. You know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't bring him back. Yeah, that white powder took down so many, so many great artists. Hey man, in in the eighties, yes, what other downfall of of, of 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 most of them? Shit, as a matter of fact, guitar, Bobby Womack, you know, Sly Stone, you know, shit. Even more recent than that, Rick James. Yes, Rick, Ike Turner. Yeah, that powder in the eighties that was like that was like a death sentence in the in the ghetto. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. E.T., you mentioned your website, and I want you to mention that again because um, I was very impressed with what you, you've done there. And a lot of the stories you've told on Truth and Rhythm here are actually written out on your site, and everyone should go check that out. So tell everybody what that site is. Well, the website is masterfunker.com, master, M-A-S-T-E-R, funker, F-U-N-K-E-R.com. And... The purpose of the website was to tell that story because I had had individuals been asking me for years, like, okay, after you guys had such great success, what happened? You know? And the deal is to me, I wanted to clarify it. Hey, it wasn't me. All right, it wasn't me. It was my brother. He went crazy. He did. And uh, as I said, for many years I was reluctant to even say share or talk about that, you know. And uh, talk about our monies and all, and and how he screwed up the money at AM and talk about the kind of monies uh, that sent him off with uh, DJM. As a matter of fact, I ain't gonna quote no, I ain't gonna quote no figures. But when we first got, when we first got the first big royalty check from from DJM, and uh, I got uh, I got five percent of that. <laughs> and uh, I, what I'll just tell you, whatever what what, what Johnny Watson got. It made him so fierce that he kicked over his mama's coffee table in the living room. <laughs> he, he was not happy about it at all, you dig? Between management and the record company, he got screwed, you dig? So, I mean, uh, to the extent that two gold albums? Yeah, okay. And like I said, I ain't going to talk no figures, but believe me, he was not happy, man. But like I said, at that particular point, he didn't share it with me, you know? Uh, and uh, he went behind behind the scenes, and like I say, he took all of the quality material. As a matter of fact, he gave them material. Uh, <laughs> what did I call that shit? Uh, uh, I forgot. I had, I, had a, I had a name for it, but it was all about uh, a bass a bass pipe and a an eight track TX recorder. <laughs> you know, that's that's what he that's that's that that's what uh, Johnny Watson and the Family Clones was. That was a bass pipe, an eight track TX. And his bedroom. <laughs> Bullshit. You know, that's what that was. Was was uh telephone bill the last one that you were on? Telephone bill was on uh was that on Giant? I think telephone bill was on Giant. The last record that I did with John, Johnny Watson was called Love Jones. Love with Jones. Randy Randy Redman is the girl standing behind the door, grabbing him on the shoulder. That's the last record that I did with Watson. 
And then sure. like, he he released uh, uh, Family Clones uh, to fulfill his commitment with uh, with DJM. And as I said, that's the one that he put put my name on. They put my name on and misspelled it, trying to trying to legitimize it. You know, right? Love Jones was nineteen eighty. The album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That last. That was the last. Matter of fact, if you go on the website, the last tour in nineteen eighty in Paris. That was that was my last tour, and also that ironically that particular night, that was the night that Guitar came to me and told me, "Et, I am tired of you, motherfucker, sounding better than me." Mm. That video, that Paris 1980 video, that was the night that he said that to me. And shortly thereafter, that was the end of our relationship. You, you, know, what that, <laughs> you know what that makes me think of or brings to my mind is um, Prince with his band The Time that he put together. The Time was opening for Prince and they were kicking his band's ass. Right. He pulled, he pulled them off of his own tour and he created them. Yes. Well, I can say it's like it's like they created the Frankenstein monster and it scared the shit out of him. That's what happened to Guitar. Like I said, initially I'm sure his heart was in the right place, but what, like I said, it's like because the band was me and him. But when I started recruiting all them people, and it turned into a tangible band, he couldn't handle that shit. <laughs> like, oh shit, you know. And like I say, we were smoking, man. My last band, that band. Oh God, that was a great band, man. You know, yeah. oh, buddy, that was a great band. <laughs> well, you know, we've uh, been talking longer than planned. I've really had a great time uh, talking with you and going through all the, the history. Is there anything else that you'd like to get out there as like a message to, to fans and that kind of thing? Yeah, you, the fans can tell all these rapper guys they should pay me for, for sampling me. <laughs> I'm talking Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Bly, you know, Redmond. Uh, 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 wow, what's this other Kanye with all of them? You know, that they, they sample so all of those people that are sampling Johnny Guitar Watson, the fantasy days, the DJ M days. My understanding is that these rappers are sampling the beat, and my recollection is that the beat was the drummer, and the drummer was Emory Thomas, not Johnny Guitar Watson. All right. And Johnny Guitar Watson's family is still being paid. I mean, took them sample guys. I'm, I'm sure that they're paying their bills, but they're giving it to say somebody in his family. I'm not getting paid, you know. And uh, I don't really have an issue with that. But like I said, the deal is because our chances. I mean, that's that's thousands of dollars that I'll never recoup, you know. But I, as I said earlier to you, I really, I'm really set on that the truth be told, you know. And uh, and as I said, the truth is that I loved Johnny Watson with a passion. He was my brother, he was my mentor, and he did way more good for me than he did bad. And also the bad that he did to me, he also did it to his fool ass self. <laughs> because what he did was he, by cutting off his relationship with me, Scott, he stopped being the independent producer that he was. It's like, see, I was like his human drum machine. Gets cocky called me at midnight, all right? And the next day, we'd be in the studio tracking. That's how efficient he could be. He could tell uh, an, a, a CEO, "Guess what? I have product for you on Friday." He did, and it wouldn't be no, it wouldn't be no joke because between he and I, and him being self-contained, guess what? We would have something to play for your ass that Friday. All right. When he stopped his association with me, he wasn't able to do that no more. You dig it? And like I said, I'm sure he initially, I guess he took it for granted that it was that way, but he realized, as I said that when he was put on the spot to show, and he couldn't. As a matter of fact, it was so bad. In the end, this, this friend that I'm telling you about, he had to tune guitar's guitar. So that gives you a sense of how fucked up he was with that drill. He couldn't even tune his guitar. And, I, and also a sign, ain't no way in the hell he should have been no fucking studio, no, no recording studio. He did. But that drug had his ass psyched out. And like, hey, I'm sure he thought he was Superman. You did? Yeah. And uh, and as I said, went to AM Records and blew a multi-million dollar deal, walked on her desk and got blackballed from the industry all of the 80s. He was affiliated with them in the early 80s. His ass disappeared for the 80s. All right. Came back early 90s, uh, 
with that uh that uh strike on computers, all right, which was okay. And then he did uh the one uh, the Bow Wow thing, you know, and uh, that was basically it. And uh, I've heard that there was materials and stuff that he had in the can, and all, but I never never heard any of the stuff supposedly that he done afterwards, you know. Uh, I, I don't have a clue. As I said, the stuff that he did for Adam, I don't have a clue of how none of it sounded, you know. But as I said, if it sounded anything like say the Family Clones, I can understand why they rejected it. Are you? What about you? Are you uh, still keeping your drum chops up? Are you playing it all these days? Well, I'm the drum. I'm the drumminess guy you ever want to see in your life. I play better than I've ever played in my life. Unfortunately, the industry is not cool. The industry is being driven by a beat and words, and these little these idiots out here promoting this garbage. It's like these assholes are out here promoting ignorance. They're promoting violence. They're disregarding my girls. You know, they're out here promoting and glorifying a lifestyle that they don't even live. And I'm talking Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kanye, Redmond, all these guys, all right? As I said, promoting all of this garbage. And my young, impressionable young brothers and sisters are embracing this garbage. You did? They don't have a clue of how they're being played. I'll be trying to tell these idiots, young black man, Young black woman, you're not going to get no job talking like a rapper. You're not going to get no job, brothers and sisters, with tattoos all over your neck and face like Lil Wayne. You ain't going to get no job using the N-word every other phrase or every other sentence. You dig? You're not going to get no job. You dig? But these fools are allowing themselves to be played with this garbage. We're talking about something that they are immersed in 24-7. All right, it's already been passed down from one generation and they are still embracing it and they're going to pass it on down to another generation. All right, and it's not promoting music or musical excellence. You dig? It's promoting words and a beat. You dig? And the brothers who traditionally played instruments, we ain't playing instruments like we used to know more. All right, they got a microphone and they's talking crazy. They got a microphone on, they got some capris on, a t-shirt on, a baseball cap turned crazy on the head and shit, and they making more money than we ever dreamed of making. And then when we look at them and try to correct them and check them, they look at you and say, what's up with you old dude? As they're counting a handful of $100 bills. You did? And people like Jay-Z is buying basketball teams. So who do you think the little young brothers and sisters are listening to, me or Jay-Z? Because guess what? I ain't counting no $100 bills and buying no basketball teams. You did? They're listening to these idiots, and they don't seem to understand that, yeah, these guys will continue to get these idiots that kind of money to keep pouring that poison into my communities. Yeah, absolutely, them damn fools. Like I said, I don't know how, uh, but I'm on a mission to try to say, uh, bring it to light to let my young folks understand how they're being played with this rap garbage, you know? No rap, music is lines and spaces, notes and chords, you know, time signatures, theory, you know, that's music. And consequently, because of that, it's connected and it evolves, it grows. A sample of a sample of a sample. What happens to creativity, young man, young woman? There ain't no creativity. You know, in my in my website, it's like I said, it's like take taking a painting by Picasso or uh, one of those great guys and cutting it up in all kinds of little pieces, then taking some of your shit, cutting it all up in middle pieces and coming up with a, a new, new say, configuration and then you call it yours. You know, you, you, I did this. And see, that's what these young folks are doing. And they don't have a clue. And they don't, and unfortunately, the irony is, see, one of the, one of the most unforgiving words in the dictionary is ignorance. People don't even know when they're ignorant. And that's what's happening. They don't even know that they're ignorant. They, they're being told that this music is, this is the bomb. This is the greatest shit that ever, and it's completely garbage. You know, little kids say, I want to be a rapper. I said, well, I want to wrap you upside your head and wake your fool ass up. You want to be a rapper. What, 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 you want to be a orator. You want to be a poet. You want to be an English teacher. Okay, cool. That has merit with, for me. You know, that has, that has some credibility but you want to be a rapper then i asked i said you want to be a rapper you know that rappers uh you know they go to jail scott 
That's one of the prerequisites of being a rapper. You go to jail and shit, all right? Uh, also, also, and you could be shot two, three times. Oh, is that something that you really want, young man? Young You want to get shot? You want to get shot so you can have some credibility. You dig? I got shot six times, and I'm still alive, and I'm rapping. I can say it is foolish, man, but there ain't enough personalities, high-profile personalities, telling them something to the contrary. You dig? The so-called high-profile personalities is egging them on, because I'm talking Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, you know, Eminem. They're, egg, they're egging them on. Yeah, buy my shit. Buy my shit. The, the only hope for that, E.T., is the internet and the fact that you can still hear real and good music like what you did. And, um, you know, it's freedom of information and music through the internet. They get exposed that way. Otherwise... Well, see, yeah. listen, listen, I agree with you. If you're wise enough and intelligent enough to research and seek out what we speak of, but many of them are dumb as dirt and they're being told that this garbage that they're embracing is the ultimate. You did? I mean, I can't tell you how sick it makes me, Scott, when I hear some of these assholes talking about, did you hear that great beat of Dr. Dre's? What the hell is wrong with you, that great beat? That's a machine, fool. You know, that's unnatural. You're grooving to something that's unnatural. It's a machine. You dig? It, and, and I try to make them understand how it's stifling their creativity, stifling their intellectual property. Okay, so you are a writer. You're a producer. You guess what? You're allowing yourself to be put into a box with that drum machine. That drum machine puts you in a box. It limits you. You can only do one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, one, two. That's all you can do. What if you wanted to go one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two? What if you want to do something? I don't say the common, say, time zone. You know, you ain't going to be able to do nothing like that. And because you as a artist are allowing that machine, that box, to dictate to you, you're going to make your intellectual property fit within the parameters of what that machine is dictating to you. And thus, it is limiting you. Because it only do so much. And because you're accepting that as the law, you are not going to be able to express yourself fully. Because you're going to stay in 4-4 four, four time, and you're going to stay probably at one meter. One meter where you can probably dance. You ain't going to have no balance. You ain't going to have nothing like that. You have, But for them, this provides the vehicle for them to do what they need to do. And as I said, it is providing revenue money that we never dreamed of making and these dummies are out there embracing it I tell my well like daughter, i was gonna i was gonna add to that the record industry whatever what's left of it perpetuates that too because absolutely, absolutely. they can they can do those kind of recordings very cheaply they um can just flip one person to another and, and, and with that being said you think they're going to revert back to the old shit? No way. It's cost efficient. They're controlling unlike they've ever controlled before. And they're making more money than they've ever made in history. So, oh, you shit talking good playing musicians. I ain't got to listen to you talking about I want double and triple scale no more. I'm going to bring a, I'm a sequence in here. And I'm going to click, 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 click. And guess what? This sequence is going to do everything I wanted to do every time. He did. Plus, you still need music in schools, too. And, I mean, that's the whole thing, too. Well, they, they, they took the arts out. You know, as I said, uh-uh, that's gone. Listen, for people of color, the three A's. Academia, the arts, and athletics. Athletics still primo. Brothers getting paid unlike ever before. Athletics probably always be that way. Academia. Brothers are not as cool as we used to be because they don't teach like they used to. All right. And the arts, that ain't happening at all. No, they, they, they ain't teaching you to play music in the schools like they used to no more. And not to mention what my young brothers and sisters are being motivated with and embracing now is total and utter garbage. Hip hop and rap to me is garbage. But one of the biggest genres in the last 50 years is in everything music, fashion, art, everything. And they love it. And I would say to you, my Caucasian brother, and I say to all of my Caucasian friends, of all of the shit that you guys could embrace coming from us people of color, why in the hell did you choose rap? Because believe me, 
Jay-Z would not be buying no basketball teams if y'all didn't like it, you guys. All right. If Caucasians didn't like it, Latins didn't like it, Asians didn't like it, if they didn't like it, believe me, every black man and woman in America could be buying their records. They wouldn't be buying no motherfucking basketball teams. I'm sorry. All right. They're buying basketball teams because Caucasians love this. Asians love this. Latinos love this. They love it all over the world. And I don't understand it. Because like I'm saying, y'all guys are being you're being you're embracing an inferior product. It's inferior. You know, it's bullshit. You know, it's like man, that I hear tracks they even they ain't even they, they ain't even got drums on it. It's got hand claps. And then there's some of them but a snare drum. Ain't no bass drum, ain't no hi-hat, you know. But as I said, but it's adequate enough for them to rap a snap a snapper and shake and fake and fake and wake up, eat it, and hey, make all this money. And hey, they're cool with that. And not to mention, if you get crazy, guess what? They got them lined up, ready to sign them. You did. They got these young rapping guys lined up, ready to be a star, you know? And uh, hey, I don't know what it's going to take to motivate them. Like, hey, man, I, I try to make them understand. Man, if you ever saw a real drummer play that instrument the way it's supposed to be played, you never want to see a drum machine, you know? Mm-hmm. But, they, but they don't believe that. Because as I said, they believe that Dr. Dre produces some of the funkiest drum beats in the world. I say, wow, man, I saw John Starks. As I said, that blew my ass away. I saw John Starks beating the shit out of the drums. And as I said, I was waving at James to get out the way so I could see John Starks. And the roadie, he's running from one side of the stage to the other stage, other side, all night long. Because Jabo is knocking those cymbal stands over. And so he had to run across the set and set it back up. All right. And he's doing this because he's running from each side of the stage all night long. Because Jabo is doing this all night long. He's knocking them shit, knocking them down. You did? He's drumming. He's knocking them down. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm standing on my tiptoes. I was inspired. I'm saying, and you guys are telling me that you go into these rap concerts. Here's a guy standing up there with a turntable and shit. Scricker, scricker, scricker. You telling me you're inspired? You're inspired. Ain't nothing on stage. Stage is completely black. No, no props, nothing. It's just black curtains and a turntable, double turntable. One guy up there and he's spinning records. And I'm, oh, that's inspiring them. I said, man, you guys are being played biggest shit and y'all don't see it. You know? And I told my daughter, if any of her fellows be taking them to that kind of shit, to fire his ass. <laughs> you know? Don't hang out with them kind of guys. They taking you something and here's someone up on stage, low rate, just disrespecting you, talking crazy, calling you bitches and calling you hoes and all that kind of shit. And you out there appreciating it? I saying your man that took you to something like that? Nowhere in the hell should you be with a fella like that. He did. He's an idiot too. Most of them are idiots that are out there listening to that garbage. I heard a song, Halloween Nightman, that really pissed me off. That's a song that they got. It's called I Got Murder on My Mind. Chicka chaka chicka. I got murder on my mind. Rapping and the snapping and the shaking and the faking and the ducking and the hooking. I got murder on my mind. I heard this man. I said, who in the hell produced that? Whoever did that, they should shoot that bastard. Mm-hmm. Ain't no black person supposed to be saying nothing like that. No intelligent person. Not only just a black, but no intelligent person supposed to be saying no shit like that. I got murder on my mind. You know, and this is a, this is a, a rap record that is being sold to our children. I got murder on my mind. And I'm at a versatiller at a B of A bank trying to get some money out. And these kids are out trick-or-treating. They're standing behind me waiting in a parking lot for their mother to pick them up because this is a commercial zone, well lit. So mom has probably told them, I'm going to pick you up in that spot. But as I said, they're standing, sitting there waiting. They're playing this I got murder on my mind loud. It's filling the neighborhood. And they all got masks on, Scott. I'm standing at a Versatella taking money out of the bank. These kids are behind me. And there's this little Asian lady standing right beside me at the other Versatella. She's about to pee on herself because they're scaring the shit out of her. You dig it? And I turned and said, ma'am, it's fine. They're just young. They just don't know no better. All right? Because they could have been no 11, 11, 12, 13 years of age. Kids. But as I said, they don't have a clue that they're playing something that's making people very uncomfortable. I got murder on my mind. And not to mention you little black asses with mask on behind someone taking money out of a versatile. Oh, you don't think that that makes them uneasy? 
Well, yeah, you little dumb 13, 12, 13. Yeah, y'all oblivious. Y'all are little young dummies. But for grown people, you know that if the wrong person picks up the phone hysterically and calls the police, I know that my little young brothers and sisters are going to have a problem that night. Because if the, show, the police shows up and they done got programmed with, hey, there's somebody talking about murder and they're black. Guess what, Scott? It would have been a long evening for them little black kids, you know. And their mom was mad at me because I'm telling them, yo, guys, that's not cool. Oh, my kids wouldn't do nothing like that. My kids are good kids. They're not impressionable. I'm saying, yeah, I understand that. I said, buddy, I'm talking about outside forces that may identify with what your children are doing and they misunderstand it. And they call the authorities and the authorities are going to be programmed psychologically that there's something really critical wrong because we're talking about murder, murder. You know, in their eyes, it's a game. But to the police, that wouldn't be no damn game. All right. And so I'm telling the mom, you mess around, you'll be shopping for a funeral and you'll be wondering why, you know, <laughs> because it ain't cool. You know, but that's what I'm saying about this whole vehicle. This rap vehicle is a very, they're looking at it's entertainment. Okay, I accept that. But it shouldn't be a lifestyle. They shouldn't be listening to this shit 24 7, which is what they do. 24 7. Playing video games all day long, you did. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I have a fourteen-year-old, so I definitely worry about those things too. But you got a fourteen-year-old and daddy's there, and that makes a difference. Seven out of ten, seventy percent of us are still born without our daddies, and that's why we're growing up buck wild crazy. These little young brothers are growing up crazy enough to want to even fight their mama. You dig it? Say what the hell is wrong with you, Mother Earth, the person that gave your ass life? You you are so upset, she's so mad that you would really want to physically uh, attack your mother. She said or done something that has upset you so bad that you want to physically hurt her. And like I said, a lot of these fools, because they're not growing up with their father, they don't have no real role models and shit, they're growing up crazy. You dig? On the serious side. I got, listen, my nephews, my family, it's, a, it's almost an embarrassment. My family is totally dysfunctional. You did on the serious side. But as I said, that's the nature of not having your father. I was the same way, but I had a very strong, intense Leo mama. Guess what? And she didn't take no prisoners. She raised my ass. And I tell folks all the time, thank God for my mama, Mama Josie. Mama Josie raised my ass. She did not take no prisoners. All right. And I used to think that my mama was a witch. I would come home and my mama would be knowing shit that I had done out in the neighborhood. And I'd be saying, how the hell she know that? Because I grew up during the time of the extended family. You did. Girl, I saw Emery doing so and so and so and so and so and so. And guess what? I come home thinking I'm cool. And my mama know the whole whatever. What I've what been over in the neighborhood and done. And boy, guess what? She fried my ass. <laughs> you know, and as I said, I thank God that my mama was that way. Because I could have grew, grew up strange. I could have been, say, one of those people that was in and out of the penitentiary. But no, my mama didn't allow that one. You did. And uh, as I said, that's what's missing with a lot of my young brothers, right? They ain't got that. You did. And so, they're, as I said, they're growing up completely crazy. And they're growing up with this attitude like the world owes them something. You yep, did. Yep, yep. Like, wow, man. You guys are in for a rude awakening, buddy. <laughs> it's going to be some rough shit in the next 10, 15 years, boy. <laughs> On the serious side. <clears throat> we got to, uh, we got to wind this down. ET it's been uh, an experience. And, um, you know, I mean, it's really great to hear your impassioned feelings yeah. on that. I mean, hopefully it reaches somebody that watches this too. So um, we could talk forever about this. There's so many, issues like that affecting young people today and hopefully you know enough of them see their way through it okay well you know listen sometimes it can it can, it can be perceived because listen i can't make a blanket statement and say all oh, my kids are because they're not as a matter of fact on the, on the on the flip side of that we have young people red yellow brown black white and polka dot doing incredible shit you know amazing shit you did and the deal is i question how they're going about it because I question the effect that it's going to have on them in the long run. Like I tell my daughter, I said, all of this technology is making you guys way more efficient, but it's making y'all lazy. You did? You're not thinking like we used to think. You're not going to the library and going through those stacks in the book like we used to. You're pushing a button. Wait a minute. 
Look around. I don't know if it's happening in North Carolina, but they don't even walk no more. They got these. They got these little scooters all over UCLA. They they don't walk no more. They got scooters. You know. <laughs> you dig? They don't read no more. You dig? They don't walk no more. You dig? And that, but as I said, they're having a wonderful time. But I said, man, you guys are gonna grow older, and you ain't gonna. And, and the electricity is gonna go off, and you ain't gonna be able to do nothing because you didn't train yourself to think analytically. You did. You train yourself to push buttons, and what, as long as the buttons, the buttons are functional, you did. You're gonna be fine. But machines break, and so you should try to be one of those folks that fix the machine. Because see, the human factor will never, ever, ever be forgotten. You did. And see, that's all about what drums are. The human factor. You got to play them bad boys, all right? You got to play those drums. You dig it? And as I say. And appreciation until you see a real drummer that profess that skill play that instrument because it's it's awesome when it's done right when you see when you see jack dj net you dig wow or uh, if you see day wackle if you see steve gad you know hey man and see that's what a lot of our young folks are missing it is because they're looking at videos and they don't understand that that video was a process. It was a recording session. It was a choreography session. You did. It was a wardrobe session. It was a filming session and they came up with a final product, but they're looking at that product like it was one deal and they don't understand the process that it took to say, give them that video but they're looking at videos and they're thinking that the videos are in real time and that's the norm you know and that's the farthest thing from the truth you know and as i said the thing that we grew up the actual hands-on human factor that bass player that drummer that guitarist that pianist you know playing those instruments together in sequence you did that still happens you know but you know where it's happening? Happening still, country western. Mm -hmm. Still playing the mistress, you did. And blues artists, they're still playing those instruments, right? Rock artists, they're still playing those instruments in traditional ways. R and B. When is the last time that a black person won the R and B award, Scott? Oh, the yeah, the band R and B bands. I mean, they disappeared. No, halfway, halfway through the 80s, at least, you know, in terms of popular music. Uptown Funk is is, 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 is winning the R&B award. <laughs> because they're still funking. We, we're not funking. We're rapping. We're not funking. And I said, we are not doing what... Listen, the highest form of musical, black musical expression is jazz. We ain't done nothing better than that. Alright? So, the next... Next reality for us musically will have to say be equal to or surpass jazz, and we ain't done nothing close to that at this point. Nothing close to it. And these idiots have nerve enough to equate some of the things that they're doing with jazz because they say things like jazz was misunderstood in the beginning, also, and they're saying that kind of shit about rap. Man, give me a break. They try to talk about Miles. I said, man, you jump. Miles went to Juilliard. You know? He gonna talk, he gonna, and you're going to try to compare one of these rapper guys with someone that went to Juilliard? Someone, as I said, that don't even know what a note is because they don't use notes. You know? As I said, ain't giving a shit about They don't even know that they sing in a certain key. You know? So how in the hell is that going to equate to, say, a musical exchange? It's like I'm talking in a language that you don't even understand. And also, and you also disrespectful enough that you don't even care that you don't understand because you're making so much money doing what you do. And you're being told by your peers that what you're doing is the bomb. And, you, and they're just as ignorant as you are. And it's like, as I said, you don't even know that you're ignorant. You think that you are, you think you really got it going on. <laughs> hey T, I got I got a cut, man. Um, it's I'll talk, we'll talk your ass to midnight. It's on, it's almost eight o'clock on the East Coast here, so um, 
Um, I hope you got what you needed, sir. Yeah. Do you want to uh, uh, shut us down with uh, some, some positive message real quick? The positive message is let's all of us try to keep real music and musicianship alive. Uh, also, we have to figure out how to enlighten our young people and make them understand while they're embracing this art form, that this art form is not music, all right? It is poetry, it is spoken word, it is vocalese, whatever, but it is not music. And consequently, because it is not music, it is displacing music, real music, and musicianship. And uh, I would hope to be, based upon what I do, which is say play this instrument, drums, I would hope to be one of these individuals to keep the manual approach to music alive, you know, coordinated independency, which is your hand, your feet, your fingers, and all those are necessary to play these instruments, right? And I hope that we understand that it is important that we must continue to continue play the instruments, you know, because everything is becoming so mechanical, you know, so, so much, so much robotics that everything it's going to be fake, as a matter of fact, you know, because see, that's what I feel like a lot of the music that the, the mechanic is fake, you know, and it, 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 it ain't it ain't what I grew up with, you know. Um, Is there any chance we're going to uh, hear you on any new recordings or or hear old ones? You're going to you're going to hear some new recordings. Um, as, I, as I said. Uh, my website has almost finished. the 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 text and the images have they been done, and the audio. I'm I have to get in the studio to edit. You know the audio for the website, and that is that's the last part of the process. As a matter of fact, you know once right. once I get into the studio, edit the music, I have to get snippets of certain tracks and all, and uh, I will share older stuff, and I will share some of the new stuff. Beautiful. Give that website one more time. Masterfunker.com. M-A-S-T-E-R-F-U-N-K-E-R.com. Check right. your brother out. Hey, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it took us a while to get the technology together, but we did it. Scott, brother, I really appreciate you, sir. I really appreciate your interest, and uh, it's going to be people like you that will maintain and keep the blues alive, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that Johnny Watson would appreciate it also, uh, that you are that you are a fan and that you're still flying his flag. Because like I said, listen, a lot of folks don't even know about him now. You know, a lot of young folks don't even know about him, all right? Uh, but it's like the old school guys, they tend to say recognize Johnny Guitar Watson. And a lot, you know, a lot of rock guys definitely remember him, you know, because they, they're still playing, they're playing music, you know. But like I said, like a lot of the young guys that listen to rap and stuff like that, they don't have a clue who Johnny Guitar Watson is, you know? Yeah. But people like yourself, keeping him alive, you know, uh, eventually uh, they will get a chance to hear. And they're going to say, oh, wow, I remember him. Oh, I remember that. My daddy used to play that, uh, you know? So, because see, that's what I hear from a lot of young kids. That was my dad's favorite record, The Real Mother For You, you know? Tataya, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know as I said man I, again I appreciate you um, taking the time and give it, giving me this platform you know um, and uh, as I said listen working with Watson was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me you know I appreciate uh, being able to play his music and uh, also I'll be the first to say to the extent that the brother did not even almost get his props and uh as I said, hopefully, uh, between people like you and myself, uh, eventually we will be able to uh, uh, share that message with others about Johnny Guitar Watson. Yeah. My brother. Woo-wee. Is that a passionate man or what? I respect his perspectives and try my best to keep him from going too far off the rails in order to deliver us the full Johnny Guitar Watson as well as Emory Thomas stories. I thoroughly enjoy getting to know E.T. I'm so glad he is still doing his thing and also able to convey his firsthand account of Watson's funk glory years. There's no doubt that this episode of Truth and Rhythm 
was indeed a real mother for you. A huge thanks again to E.T. for coming on and speaking his mind. Also, sincere thank you again to you, the viewers and listeners, for continuing to support this program and the music represented by the musicians that appear on this show. Be sure to look out for upcoming Truth and Rhythm episodes and catch up with previous installments at funkinstuff.net, on YouTube, iTunes, and other leading podcast providers. Subscribe. Subscribe to Truth and Rhythm by subscribing to the funkinstuff.net channel on YouTube. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives. And just recently, we introduced um, uh, Truth and Rhythm Quick Takes, which are shorter excerpts of noteworthy uh, segments from the shows. So subscribe to get it all, and also you'll get it before uh, the general population gets it. So tell friends, tell family, spread the word, support this music and these great musicians. And I want to hear from you. Write me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you want to see on the show. I get a lot of feedback these days, and I enjoy it. Um, I think you'll find that if you reach out to me, you'll hear back pretty quick. So keep it coming. And with that, as always, closing, Scott Dr. James Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. Thank <laughs> you.